1: hi guys and welcome back to another episode of girls take on law happy monday though for us we're actually recording on a thursday this week gabrielle how's your week been
0: i feel like my week's actually really good i mean it's already thursday we love a bank holiday week you know, four days, a little bit shorter. And I had my first exchange this week, which I shared on my legal account. But yeah, that was very exciting. What about you? What you've got moving and grooving this week?
1: Yeah, it's been a good week, actually. I've just got something off my desk that, you know, you know, just something that's been hanging over you for ages. It was like a monster task. So I'm going into Friday, very happy about that. Um, and yeah, oh, I sort of did my, yeah, I did my first lease renewal last week, which was one of those like situations where it was massively single swim. I think like I was messaging Gabrielle and I was like, oh my goodness, am I going to swim or am I going <laughs> to? <laughs> and um, you swam, you swam, you smashed it. I did, I did. It went so well. Got it over the line, did what we needed to do. Love
0: so. that, love. That's We're crazy. having positive weeks and it's T minus four or five days until April 12th when restaurants open, bars open, we can sit outside, we can see people, go for drinks. Oh, I'm just so excited. I know. I can't wait. I'm so
1: excited. Just a change of scenery is going to be amazing. Oh, so good. Right. Anyway,
0: enough blabbering from her.
1: Should we get into the episode? Let's go for it.
0: Okay. So we've got a dilemma that we've had. So it's a little bit long. So everyone just bear with me while I read it out. But it's a really good dilemma. So this lovely girl wrote in and said, Hey girls, I was a paralegal at a department in my firm for years before I was offered a training contract. I've now started my training contract, which was half offered on the basis of that department being so busy at the time. I agreed to stay in that department for longer than the usual six month seat as asked by my boss. Six months is now up and my boss has indicated to me a few times since I've started that I will only get to do one other seat. I was happy to compromise and do longer in the first seat than expected, but I was hoping to at least do three seats as all the experience I have is in the area I currently work in. I don't want to be stuck in a department forever just because I didn't get the chance to try others out. My manager tends to hold a grudge when people leave departments, and I know that she is going to be unhappy with me asking to move the seats. I've tried to speak to the training principal, but they've advised it's up to my current manager as only they know the current business needs. Do you have any advice on how I can approach my current manager and request to try out other training seats without making her feel like I just want to leave my current department? I'm grateful for being offered my TC, and I really don't want to cut ties with my current boss. I'm worried she'll hold it against me if. I request time in another department would really appreciate any help thanks so much oh see this is a good one because office politics is a real thing I think if you've not experienced working in office yet you will get to know that you know personal relationships and people's feelings like really do come into a lot of situations and it is so much harder than you think isn't it to like have these discussions or get things going so just off the back of that Lauren what do you think what's your initial thoughts So yeah, my initial thoughts definitely were first thing that came to mind was the office
1: politics thing. Exactly what you said, Gabrielle, office politics is a real thing. Like when I I just didn't realize sort of like what I was kind of like walking into in terms of just kind of being in the office and everything and everyone's different opinions. And, you know, when you're like a brand new paralegal or trainee, that was definitely a massive learning
0: curve for me. And probably a lot of people can relate. Yeah, just picking up the vibes of people and like, other people's relationships and how they all get on it's really interesting to scope that out when you first start absolutely so on one hand you don't want to rock the boat you don't want to disappoint or upset
1: your kind of line manager but on the other hand your training contract is that time to explore like you want to be making the most of it otherwise sort of like why didn't you do the sqe like you know so I think a training contract the natural progression is to do those four seats and sort of like try different areas because I know even me now like I've been a well, I was a paralegal now an assistant in house counsel I've been in three different departments since I started my paralegal or like legal journey I didn't have a clue what I wanted to be in when I started and I think being able to move on those different seats is so
0: important definitely I think it's that whole emphasis of that you're doing that training contract for a reason it's your time to explore you have to just see what other areas are out there ones that you've thought you might love ones you've never thought of in your life you know all these different ones whether you have preconceptions of them or not it's your time to give them a go and see what's really for you or not regardless of your manager's personal opinions it's it's your career it's not her so as difficult as it is to rock the boat you really do have to do everything and make every decision like for yourself so for example as Lauren said if you do know the area you want to work in and you want to stay in that department then you could have just stuck with the SQE route you know you've probably already got the qualifying experience of the two years and if you haven't With your manager asking you to stay there, you could easily have built that up and done the SQE. But that's not the point of a TC. Just emphasising this is your time to explore everything. I ended up staying in one department for almost five years and I loved it and it taught me so many things. But that area wasn't for me. So for example, I I did enough years of that. I could have put that as qualifying experience for the SQE and done those exams. But I don't think it's the area that's for me to qualify into and I'm going to do that TC route because I really want to explore different departments different areas as I say things that you might want to go into that you've thought about and things that I've not even necessarily that have crossed my mind yet but that's the whole difference between them So you've just got to make the most of the TC. Otherwise, you could have just stuck there and done the other route.
1: I completely agree. So sort of like talking about my own experiences, sort of the middle of last year, October time, I was working in the debt recovery department and don't go wrong, i think my manager was great i think the company i work for is great but i that recovery like it just wasn't for me like i i just didn't enjoy it at all and it was really getting me down actually like i i knew that i had to do something if i was going to be sort of like working for another extra year before i was going on to do my training contract so i actually reached out to my line managers we reached out to the director of legal and i joined the charging team and i absolutely love it it's so up my street And something like charging, I never would have thought about an area of law as like to go into charging and I think it's such a good suit for me so I think that's a great thing about a training contract is you might actually do areas that you'd never even thought you would enjoy and end up absolutely loving them. Yeah
0: and also can I just say how weird is it like what a coincidence that you were in debt recovery and I was in debt recovery like we actually had the exact same role before we changed like that's such a weird coincidence but yeah literally as you said that area of law is really difficult in terms of emotionally because it's not necessarily the nicest of jobs to do, you know, to sort yeah. of chase people and litigate Absolutely. on people that are having financial worries. It has to be done. Don't get me wrong, but I was the same as you. It wasn't something I wanted to do forever. So as much as it probably taught us both incredible skills and started our careers off, you've now moved to an area you didn't think of and love. I've now moved to corporate and I'm loving it and learning that. So yeah, like you don't have to stick in one area that like, as we keep saying, it's your time to explore, move about, try something new. And yeah, you never know what can come of it.
1: And you know what? You might end up in, back in your original department, but it's still just going out. I, I almost feel like this girl would so regret qualifying and having like never tried to move or never like actually had that conversation with her line manager and said, Look, I really, really want to try another area. Because it's that hindsight, isn't it? Like looking back, like, Oh, do I wish
0: I'd done something different? Yeah, exactly. You have to think about yourself and what are you going to regret more? Upsetting someone on one side of it? Or would you rather regret not having that conversation and being stuck in a job that you don't enjoy? Because at the end of the day, once you are qualified, that's kind of like the role that you're in. That's where you then want to start your post qualification experience and build those years on being in the department and working your way up in that so you don't want to regret not using your time wisely and using that tc to have those difficult conversations and test out the waters in different areas i think it's just something you have to do presuming your training contract is two years obviously we don't know some can be longer or shorter but i presume that because you've done obviously in your current department longer than six months if you do want to do three other seats just be prepared that they will probably have to be shorter seats. Like one of them might have to be a bit shorter than six months to, you know, keep you within that two-year time frame. But that's absolutely fine. I think even push that conversation of, even if you're in, you know, a department for one month, two months, even a couple of weeks if that's really all the business need can fit and allow you to have it will still give you such a great taster to just know if it's for you or not or just even know how it works just to summarize in terms of the usefulness of a training contract really is that they're just so beneficial to give you that confidence to make that decision of what's right for you so I think you just need to be true to yourself and give yourself the opportunities of trying things out and allow you to just enjoy that time because you won't get it back again
1: absolutely and I think as I so our advice would definitely Definitely be to have that conversation but in saying that you need to make sure you're having the right conversation so there is still office politics and relationships that you don't want to burn or ruin that you may want to end up in that department again so you need to be so professional and and just go about it in a really calm and well thought out manner. So that when you do speak to your line manager, you're not necessarily getting upset or your emotions are getting the best of you because you kind of want to be able to explain sort of like why you do want to move and how it's sort of like, it's not a personal decision. You do just want to try out other areas.
0: So we've established that the answer is like, yes, you do need to move seats. So we're just gonna share our tips on how to have that conversation. I would say the first thing really is I think you need to go into that meeting, professional, organized. So first things first is, arrange the meeting properly so book it out in the calendar book out a board meeting and let your manager know you want half an hour of a time and then before the meeting you'll need to prep so go in with a clear argument as to why you feel that you need that different experience and why it will be beneficial so really think about that yourself beforehand write it down you know it's your career you need to be confident in your decision and qualification. And also that you're not actually ruling out your current department. Make that known to your manager that you're not saying this department isn't for me. And you're not almost slating her department and say that, yeah, you might want to come back, but it's a decision you need to make on your own and not be forced into. And the only way you can do that is by going to other departments and then coming back. Otherwise it might cause resent. It might make you want to leave once you're qualified and actually leave the firm and go elsewhere so just have that open and honest conversation with your manager but I think it's not necessarily always about what you say but it's how you say it and we talk about this a lot but it is really true so go in there calm don't be angry don't go in there as hostile and upset don't have this pre judgment or misconception that she has a grudge against you and her answer will be no because you don't you don't know that yet so go in open-minded your reasons for wanting to move aren't unreasonable remember that hopefully it will go well and really the best way to approach it in my opinion. And yeah, hopefully they'll see your point of view.
1: Absolutely. And obviously you can emphasize that you're grateful that you have a training contract, but remind them that the training contract is the beginning of your career. The likelihood is your line manager was in a similar position to you. Like if she's a qualified solicitor, I know there's many different routes, but she might well have done her TC and moved apartments too. And she might also equally not be that aware of how much you want to move if you haven't actually voiced those opinions to her. Your only opportunity is to test the waters in other areas. If you're not sure that's where you want to qualify. And as the Gabrielle said, if you can't move, they're potentially losing you post-qualification at another firm. So surely they'd rather have you not in that department for six months and risk losing you altogether to another firm. And if you can't move and they say, no, absolutely, you can't move to another department. It's not the end of the world. Both me and Gabrielle know solicitors that have qualified, like worked for a few years and then moved to another area of law that they've never done I actually know someone that did a training contract she always thought that she wanted to be an employment solicitor she didn't get to do a seat in it and they wouldn't let her qualify into it in the firm that she was in so she actually moved to another firm and qualified into it and she started her career as an NQ sort of like learning it from the beginning so what I'm really trying to say there is sort of it's not kind of like the be all or end all
0: yeah definitely I think the same as you there's people that have done that and they go on and they love what they do having never had the experience so yeah it's not the end of the world but also you know just for fun because we're open we're honest here we try to be motivating but I'm going to be devil's advocate right now And I'm going to say, what if, just as a little scenario, what if you do that and you don't enjoy it, you know, because it is a huge risk. So what do you do then?
1: Well, yeah, like, don't get us wrong. It it is a big risk. Like, you're essentially moving your whole career to another firm. There's, There's lots of variables. You might not like the department. You might not like the firm. But equally... I think it's a big risk to stay somewhere that you you know you're unhappy and to sort of like live with those regrets of never having tried out something else. So I think on both sides there's a risk and personally I would rather take that risk to move and potentially do something that you love something that you really enjoy the likelihood is you might actually have an area in your mind for example you might have studied it on the lpc or you might have studied it in your law degree or sort of like touched on part of it in like some experience you have so you probably will end up loving it but at the end of the day what's the worst that can happen like if you move to that firm and you don't like the area and you don't like the department you can move again like i think what i'm really trying to say is like it as I mentioned before, it's not the be all or end all. I know lots of people and I know I don't have huge amounts of experience because I'm not qualified myself, but there's
0: always a way to do something. Do you you get what I'm getting at? Like, yeah, I know I was being devil's advocate, but I agree with everything you've said. I just thought I would poise the question. But no, exactly. Like I know people that never had the experience and moved to a department and they loved it. Again, the same. It happened to some people and they hated it and then they just moved back. Like nothing is ever set in stone. Like you'll always end up where you want to be. And yeah, it might take a few moves, especially if you didn't get it during your training contract. If you didn't get the experience, it could take a few different departments or a couple of different jobs to really find your niche and where you want to be. So I guess to loop back the whole dilemma to so the lovely girl who written in, if they will not let you move during your training contract to different departments and seats, just take the experience that you can get, even if it is in the same department and you can move afterwards. You might end up loving the department and you might just choose to stay there. Like it's completely your choice, but this time it it's not the be all and end all. You, it really will work out. But I think our advice is have that conversation as soon as
1: you can, because you don't know for sure that you can't move. You might well just be completely
0: in your own head about it. You might have overthought this massively. Oh yeah, 100%. Definitely have that conversation. It, it needs to be had because as we say, you are regret it if you don't try it. And in terms of the whole office politics thing, as Lauren said, you might have got an idea into your head about what a person is like through other people. And we can both tell you now for a fact that people's opinions of, of different people in the office aren't always correct and aren't always right so you might speak to your manager and she might just not have been aware of the wants and the needs that you're after and be more than happy to accommodate that and you might have thought this whole thing up in your head when really she might say oh yeah that's totally fine like we have space in this apartment or would you like to go over here so yeah I think don't work yourself up until you've had that conversation and then once you've had the meeting analyze what she said think about it digest it and make your next step based on that I think yeah don't rush too far ahead yet definitely and a massive good luck you will absolutely smash it yeah good luck
1: so for the second half of this episode we actually have another dilemma for you guys this kind of follows on a little bit so we thought it'd be the great time to talk about it but we'll just jump straight in again hi girls applications open next month for training contracts at the firm I currently work at they only recruit internal applicants so I really want to make myself stand out as much as possible do you have any tips as I know Gabrielle secured a TC with her current firm so Gabrielle over to you what do you think kind of made you stand out when you were applying for Shoesmiths
0: oh good question I like this dilemma um so I guess it's a little bit similar but also a little bit different in the sense of with Shoesmiths they still hired external and internal so the process was you were kind of up against each other it wasn't like just internal if that makes sense so I would say for me though it was actually a lot harder being an internal candidate than external because the pressures and the expectations that are on you are a lot higher so I would say to Skull is be prepared for it to be harder even if you are only up against internal it probably actually will be even harder Do you know what I mean even harder than what my experience was just because everyone is in the same boat like there's no one for you to almost stand out against that you've worked at the firm because everyone does you've got to find something else to stand out so yeah I would say normally it's a simple tick box for you to you know know the firm know the values goals strategies all different things like that but all of these candidates are going to know this info so I think what you've got to do is really delve deep into your firm's intranet so for anyone listening doesn't know what that is so an intranet is kind of like your internal software a bit like it looks like the internet but it's got everything on it about the firm that you could ever need to know. But the thing with that is the other candidates, again going to do the same and delve into that so i would say go and speak to partners go and find information that isn't for anyone else to find you know be original in your sources ask them questions that you can find out more from and really you know get their point of view and their take on things you know the higher up you go as well you know partner equity partner if you have i don't know how big your firm is but if you have access to you know the ceo or the chairman and, and just get their point of view on different areas of the firm where they see go in because the more you know that other candidates don't you can use that in your answers and in your interviews so i think that's one thing that i would say can help you stand out and then also in turn by having these conversations with you know different people in the firm You're actually building rapport with them, which I always say is the more relationships and people you know and that you have under your belt is going to help you so much more in that assessment centre. Because even though it's not about who you know and favouritism and all that kind of thing, when you're at an assessment day, at the end of the day, everyone gets together and they talk about all the candidates and who shines and who was good and who didn't perform as well. And if you've got people that are in your corner, even if you didn't perform as well as you wanted to on the day, but they know your potential, that is going to help you massively. So I think, whilst you're working there even before the assessment day you know even before the process just try and build those relationships because the more people you have on your side the better and that won't always work but it's never going to hinder you you know it might not set you ahead of other people because it genuinely is down to how you perform on the day but also might make you feel more comfortable in interviews you know if you get an interview assessor that's someone that you've chatted to that you've spoken to in the past you're instantly going to feel a bit more calmer so you're going to perform better. So yeah, I think just doing these different things will help your confidence and just help you on the day with all the different tasks. I think that's so helpful for kind
1: of like anyone listening who is thinking about internal applications. So another question I actually had for you, Gabrielle, like leading on from that, you mentioned about kind of like the vision the goals and people might know that from kind of from my legal Instagram and LinkedIn that I've actually been involved with some recruitment recently and a massive thing sort of for our company is making sure that the people we hire fit with the company culture and the company values and we actually have questions sort of like set questions that we ask those candidates to kind of gauge their sort of response and things so my question to you really Gabrielle is When you were sort of like in those interviews and tasks, did those questions focus on those core kind of like culture and values of the company?
0: Yeah, definitely. So the questions that we had still focused on the culture of the firm and, you know, the values. But I think the difference was that even though you are an internal candidate, you can't rely on the fact that you work there as your answer because, you know, obviously you fit the culture. You already work there. But that is the worst thing. That you could do is to go into that interview and say that is like, you know, I work here, so I fit the culture. Because the interviewer is going to turn around and think, okay, well, so do the other 100 candidates that are sat outside waiting to be interviewed. You know, it doesn't make you stand out. It doesn't make you any more special or important than anyone else on the day. So I think when you are internal, you do have to demonstrate that you have the same values and you do fit the culture of the firm in a completely different way. So, for example, You do this by, you know, talking about your hobbies, your sports, your extracurricular things, you know, any part time job that you had before you worked at the firm. You know, you just have to show your personality in a completely different way, because I know we we really do bang on about all these extracurricular and non-legal experiences a lot, but they are so important. And that's because they develop your personality and skills over the years. Those are the things that make you who you are as a person. So by talking about those things and how they then fit the culture and the values of the firm. So then, yeah, you can summarize your answer and conclude it by going completely full circle and saying these are the skills and experiences I've had. They made me a great fit for the firm even before I started working there. And then, you know, pad your answer out, make it incredible by then finishing off with. And then since I've worked at the firm, that's just confirmed to me that I am a great fit. My values do match the firm, the cultures for me. And this is, you know, the work I've done so far and I'm excelling here. So I would love to continue with the firm knowing that it's right for me and I'm confident in that answer. So yeah, I would just say demonstrate it. But the last thing you can do is rely on the fact you work there. Really do not do that. That's one top tip from me.
1: (laughs) No, I think that's really great. I think that's really, really helpful for people. So I was just thinking kind of like what else people might want to know. And I was just like, obviously hindsight is a wonderful thing. Sitting here kind of now, and looking back on kind of like your application obviously amazing that you were successful but is there anything you kind of would have done differently anything that would be like your almost like your biggest piece of advice you know kind of like what you've learned since
0: oh good question see hand on heart I don't think I would change anything from the application I did where I was successful. But I only say that because there are things from my first application I did with them that I would have changed so much. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's what made the second one successful is because I had that time. So okay, okay, cool.
1: Let's completely rephrase the question. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm, I'm just going to give you sort of like a curveball here. Um, so what did you do? So obviously, if you've listened to our first ever episode on rejection and resilience, and um, Gabrielle talked kind of openly about how she wasn't successful in her first application for SheSmiths um so what did you do in your second application that was different to your first unsuccessful one?
0: I think I was more confident in who I was as a person and you know i classic phrase what I brought to the table um literally our favorite, no, uh, literally I our favorite phrase I, <laughs> fully our favorite one um but no I really think it is so true that I do you know what, I spoke about this in the talk I did with Coventry the other week and I said this phrase it just came out but I really love it now that I've said it and that's you can't sell yourself if you don't know yourself and Ooh, I just think it's I've not heard that before really, it's good isn't it I, I know you just steal it. my and I thought <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I'm going to keep that forever. I love it. But yeah, it's so true that when you're confident in who you are and the things you've done, you know, whether that's experience wise, work wise, anything, I just think you go into those assessment days, just knowing you're ready. I think I found out much more about the firm. I built more connections and networks within the firm than I ever had before, chatting to different people, being more aware of the process, all these different things. But yeah, the main one was that I knew myself and I pushed myself out of comfort zones. So for example, between the rejection year and then the year that I got it, I obviously set up this legal account and I actually spoke to Susan's recruitment team and I said, can I, you know, take over the account one day? And this was before lockdown. So at this point, it was only going to be like a kind of you're in the office and you answer a few questions on their story, you know, that kind of vibe. But then we went into the lockdown and they suggested, do you want to also do a live as well as like the takeover on the stories? And I remember thinking, oh, I can't say no, because, you know, that that looks awful. Mm. Like I've, I want to do it. But I was like, I'm so nervous. Like I've never done a live before. I've only just started like an Insta account where I talk on stories or things like that. But I just pushed myself out my comfort zone and I did it. And I actually think it was the best decision I've ever made in my life so if for example anyone whether it's the girl with a dilemma or anyone listening that is doing a route internally is just really try and build that connection with the recruitment team like get yourself out there have your name known even if you feel awkward even if you feel scared you know I was like oh is this embarrassing I don't really know what I'm doing but yeah I'm so thankful I did that and it made me know myself more so just to summarize really my top tip on what to do is know yourself as best as you can ask yourself those awkward questions that you know people hate to ask describe yourself in three words what would you do if you had a year not working like what would would you learn a skill you know all these awkward questions that people hate when they're breaking the ice in groups um just ask yourself them or get your family friends to ask about them and I think over time the more you do that the more you know yourself, the more you can sell yourself. So yeah, push yourself out of comfort zones, build those networks. And I think in turn, you'll go into that whole application and hopefully assessment center in a much confident manner. And recruiters can see that they really can. I reckon they they probably looked at me going into that second assessment center and probably thinking I was a complete different person. To the first one.
1: I think that's so great. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so helpful as well for people. Just on a side note, following on from what you just said about sort of like those random questions, that's so true. Cause I think for people, especially if you're internal, it wouldn't surprise me if people like the firm ask questions that are outside the box. So I know I recently kind of helped someone with some interview prep for a firm and I basically just searched load of really, really random questions. So and like anything from like, what is your favorite karaoke song? I know people that have been asked that in TC interviews all the way to <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, someone that I know when I was helping him, we were talking about kind of like how many credit cards are there in the UK? And we actually kind of like sat and worked out based on sort of like the average population, sort of like how many of those are adults, like etc. etc. that kind of problem solving. Interviewers love those kind of questions. So knowing those kind of like random facts, and I know actually a side note, my brother got asked, um, how many fish and chips are sold every week in the uk and i can't remember what the figure is but you know you know
0: those kind of questions that you know i completely know you going to react to these random yes. things yeah like i think i had ones where well i didn't have them in my assessment center but i remember prepping for ones that were like what cocktail represents you and you have to almost i had one answers ready i was like i can't remember what i thought about now i think i was like oh i'm a passion fruit martini because i'm so passionate about i think it was (laughs) so cringe oh my goodness please don't say that in an actual interview oh you know I can't remember what it was now it definitely wasn't that it was maybe like I think it was a Long Island iced tea because I bring a bit of everything to the table it was something really oh,
1: cringe I Oh, I know that. it was
0: cringe but definitely 100% like plan for random questions like who's your idol and don't say someone in law like because you know
1: I got asked that in my um it's not the TC that I took but a different TC interview that I was successful for but oh my god that question really threw me off and I ended up saying my mum um but I just couldn't like honestly like cute though I I mean she is incredible she is like quite the career woman I definitely followed in her footsteps but oh my goodness like I had the biggest memory blank and I think that can really throw you off in interviews so that would be a massive piece of advice for me is prepare sort of like a huge wide range a variety of questions just because feeling prepared yeah, like prepared for anything yeah, absolutely yeah, like, I feel like yeah, we like can go on this topic limits. all night <laughs> so I'm trying to think
0: <laughs> yeah we could actually like I think the classic one as well like, I had a pizza Hut interview obviously back in the day when I was um I think I was 16 or 17 I can't remember now and I think their question was what's your favorite pizza on the menu and why and oh. I thought oh my god that's so random they were just testing that I knew the food or I'm, I'm a customer and I you know I know the yeah. company and I know what I'm about to go and sell so that's the whole thing is that really expect anything like you can't expect the unexpected is that the same thing yeah. I don't know yeah, yeah, but they, they could genuinely ask you Anything, so don't be scared by that. But yeah, just have a little Google of some random questions, and you know, get your favorite cocktail answer ready. I love that being a long ironer's tea. Cause you
1: bring a little bit of everything to the table. I'm gonna use that. <laughs> I love it. I, stop copying mine.
0: Come on, get your own cocktail. <laughs> I just really love that answer. I wouldn't have it's thought good, of that, but it? that's great. Yeah, I can't remember if I thought about it or if I saw a Google answer. God knows, but either better way, better than a being, great being
1: one. a passion fruit <laughs> martini because you're passionate. Like passionate. I'm. <laughs> I'm, that's cringe for we'll yeah, that. you. yeah know What, yeah. don't use so
0: that cringe, so no no one use that please I don't want to get you um failing in your assessment centers because like yeah we that want advice. you to get that TC <laughs> oh god let's just say we could gone on this all night so maybe we should round it off there let
1: us know if you thought that was helpful or if we are just waffling and you don't want to hear our random stories
0: yeah let us know actually Joe you know what dm us on the girls take on law instagram and let us know the weirdest questions you've had because some of them are crazy and I'd love to know what experiences you guys had and what answers you said you know don't shy away i want to know if they're funny if they're awful they can't be any worse than the passion fruit one they absolutely can't right and on that note we will stop waffling thank you for listening to this week's episode and as always feel free to email us any dilemmas that you have at girls take on law at gmail.com and we'll see you in next week's episode